Hey guys, thanks for listening to The Cynical Nerd. Please keep in mind that we do not avoid spoilers for any of our topics, whether they are current or past media. Listen at your own risk. I don't know what I'm doing now. While I was waiting for you, I uh, was I was like, let me see if any late breaking news has dropped. And you'll be very excited to know that it has, Derek. Um, they've released a trailer for Meg 2, The Trench, starring oh. Jason Statham. And the tagline on the poster is, new Meg, old chum. Oh, damn. And that's so good. It's it's pretty good. Did you see uh, Meg 1? Did, did, is that something that was on your watch list? No. So uh, I'm, I'm sure... If listeners listen closely, uh, they will hear my wife shriek up the stairs at me. Uh, Samantha thinks she does an incredible Jason Statham impression. Uh, oh, shit. She, li- she likes to go, Mr. Megalodon. <laughs> <laughs> and she's god awful at it. And I love her. And she I got to hear of, this now. She does some impressions really good, but that's not one of them. Not one of the, it doesn't make the cut, right? Yeah. So I, so I preemptively know that I'm going to get interrupted by a four-year-old. Um, right, right. I said, Daddy has to go upstairs tonight, and he knows what that means. So he was like, "Tell me when I can come up and say hi to Uncle Derek." So he's you're right. just in his you're just part of his routine now. It's cool. Monday, no, no, Mondays, no, 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 no. Yeah. Stop, stop, stop! Right there. He's part of my routine. Let's get uh, this. I want to get this sorted out. This is very nice. Yeah, he's a part of my routine. Uh, when he comes up, make sure you ask him. Ask him what the name of our band is going to be. I won't like you and him. It. No, well, me, uh, me, him, and Samantha. Oh, she's gonna, okay. She's going to be lead vocals, dude. All right. Very, very cool. Very cool. How's it? How you doing? How's things? Not too bad. It's finals week. Uh, I'm stressing out. I I took a, um, what do you Xanax. call it? Like a practice test? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Xanax. Yeah, they're really, really just mainlining them. Um, yeah, the ambience. Yeah, and there's some ambience uh, uh, to, to bring me down, you know? Um, <laughs> I took a practice test before this, and I was okay. like, so confident and i did very poorly on it so oh i'm really scared and as soon as we're done here i'm going to do the real thing uh with almost no study time in between those two things yeah but uh you know i feel like i learned what i had to learn from the practice test right and i'm ready to go how are you i'm freaking out let's not talk about it what's going on with you (laughs) realistically uh, uh this podcast is a great exercise in in jostling loose the neuro connections in your brain opening up your cerebellum i don't know where i'm going yeah. with this but uh, well, it's an economics course and i feel like we really hash out a lot of economic stuff so we do we talk yeah. a lot about money and our lack of it yeah. in our pockets oh true. there ah. it is okay here i'm gonna give you the headset we're gonna make this quick here come climb on up this man's wasting no time no you don't touch the mic Hey, I have a question for you. Wait, wait, wait. What is, uh, are you and your mom and dad starting a band? Yeah? What's the name of the band? You tell it, Daddy. What, tell him? I can't hear him. You gotta tell him. Yeah, you gotta tell me. You gotta be the one. Is it, it, so what's your nickname? Uh, Rocky? Yeah. And my nickname is Rockstar. Yeah. And mommy's is Holtas. Yes. And then what's the name of the band? The band is Nuevas. Yes. Nuevas. Yeah. He made that up. Very nice. Very good. Yeah. Is that English? What language is that? Uh, English. 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 What instrument are you playing? Um. Stop pushing back. You're playing guitars. I'll play drums. And then, and then mommy can sing me. Mommy's going to sing. Cool. I feel like that's a good lineup. What? You forgot to tell... Uncle Dear, what mommy's name is? What's her name? Her name is Holtas. Yes. Yes. Holtas. All right, say goodnight. Good night, Dad. Good night, buddy. Good night. I feel like you almost called him Dad there. You want to tell me something? Good night. Oh. Love you. Don't come back up. Bye. Good night. What an adorable child you made. My God. He's a handful. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. It's not always fun. (laughs) He's he's pretty cute. 
I'll he is, I'll give he's him, a cute kid. I'll give he's him got him that going for him. 9.10 on the cute Richter scale. Yeah. Yeah. Because he also creates earthquakes when he runs around the house. That's why right. I said Richter scale. <laughs> right. Very it's nice. practical. Uh, what were we talking about? I don't know. The Meg or something? We can move on from that, right? <laughs> Does, <laughs> I don't think that really needs any more attention. It's episode 98. That was a slurp right into the mic. I'm sorry. Totally unintentional. That feels great. 98 that feels great okay uh we ha- we're probably gonna have a short sode tonight there's not a ton of news also if you'll remember derek if you'll if you'll think back if you'll hark back mm-hmm. to last week um we had a sh- we had a late episode last week we recorded on a wednesday which we almost never do it's a very weird day to do it but we had already skipped like two weeks at that point so we didn't want to push it again and you know just by luck of the draw there hasn't been a, a huge ton of news that came out but we have mm-hmm. things to talk about we have a few weekend review items, not much. One trailer, that's it. And then we have a couple things for main topics. Sweet Tooth, uh, ep- season two is out. We did episode one and two. We have the whole of Star Wars Visions season two to talk about. I put in Barry thoughts. I know they're in the middle of the final season. I'm up. I'm caught up now uh, to the mm-hmm. final season, and I figured we could get that you talk about that just a little bit. And then... uh you know, talk about if you have any anything you want to bring up for Dave. I'm okay not doing Dave. I'm okay waiting until it's done. But if there's anything that sticks out that you're like, this I feel like Dave is like thing. a push till it's done type thing. Yeah, that's fine. I just want to shout out that the um, first episode where he's talking about looking for love and meets that chick and he finds out she's like was manipulating him to try and get his pants. Yeah, was amazing, devastating, and has set the tone for the whole season so far. And the show is fantastic, and I can't wait for more. It, of it. really is good. It really is a bittersweet show. I feel like let's uh, let me just leave it at this. I feel like uh, remember when Louis his show dropped called Louis, and yeah. uh, it was like people called it like a love letter to the Gen X generation, like the forgotten generation that everybody kind of glossed over. I yeah. feel like Dave is like that for millennials. Like we're in that weird. Growing up, you're still kind of a kid, but like not really anymore. And you have to start actually like employing the shit that you're learning. It it captures that bittersweetness yeah. so fucking well. That being said, I'd rather watch it as a whole and just comment on the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, and also the pissing cum segment from episode. I think it was two or three. Every time I think of it, I start crying because it was so fucking hilarious. <laughs> He's like, is this, this too much? much? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, this is ridiculous. I'm in a puddle. <laughs> It's so great. And the guy gets offended. Hey, I worked really hard on that. Yeah. When, 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 he's like, yeah. He was like, why is it hard? He's like, what do you mean? He said, you're coming. He goes, no, that was the magic of it. I was completely flaccid. I was like, piss and come. <laughs> it's a really good show. And and just to give that episode one shout out before we move on, uh, the, the way that they like they make this whole thing from his perspective and how she basically manipulates him from his eyes. And then at the end you get that it's that classic bittersweet gut punch where you, she's like, she, they have it out. Mm-hmm. And Dave's like, Dave's uh, she's like, I, my, I didn't have a good home life. Like I was, I was cutting myself. Like, yeah. I, you know, she's like, and Dave's like, Oh, like, I didn't know that. And it's just, it's uh, the whole show is, I, I love it so far. Yeah. Um, okay. Onto our stuff. Onto our stuff and things. things. Episode 98. I said that already before we begin. Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, even though I haven't updated it in God knows how long. Uh, at the Cynical Nerd. I will be putting more stuff up there. I promise. It's just difficult to get free time outside of a newborn. I'm going to throw that guilt trip at everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, appreciation. Hashtag appreciation for fucking newborn mothers. Mothers of newborns. newborns. Because Jesus, man. He's in that like seven, six to eight week like gassy period yeah that's a fucking nightmare people who are like my kid didn't have gas problems i'm like i hope you die i hope you run off a fucking bridge on your way home and the thing is by by normal standards both grayson and now archer have not had like bad gas problems they've been what i would call like pretty standard Mm -hmm. you know blase like you know run-of-the-mill gas problems not colic but definitely not okay because you know their intestines are all maturing and they like, you know, yeah. there's there's times where he eats and we burp him and he's calm and he falls asleep and he wakes up 20 minutes later screaming. And it's like the middle of the night when you're exhausted and you're like, God damn it. If you weren't so cute. Have you ever had to put that thing into his asshole to make him fart? Either of them? No, but Samantha was literally thinking about getting one. Do it. Do it. Did you do it? Someone it told me about told me about it. And I was like, that is so barbaric and weird. And you're weird for telling it to me. 
Yeah. And we were so desperate one night. We hadn't slept in days because he hadn't slept. Like he just couldn't stay asleep because he was so gassy. And we did it and it fucking worked, man. And what's like, it called? Oh man, it's called like a it's a weird name, like a like a tootie or something like that. It's I will figure this tub, out. It's called a tub thumper, I think. It's, <laughs> it's not just a nineties hit. It's called a tub girl. Uh oh. Uh no. Um <laughs> And then we realized this is just really well, let's just we're already talking about, you know, uh, manually getting the gas out of your kid's asshole. So let's just go even further. Then we realized that just it's easier to suck it out with your mouth. (laughs) That's what I thought you were going. (laughs) Now, let me ask you. Wait, Brett, (laughs) I got to. I got a fresh exit survey for you. I feel like I said that with a pretty straight face on. Did I achieve that? Oh, absolutely. Okay. That's why I right. fucking eviscerated me. All right, good, good, good. It's, we, we realized that it was much more discreet and it didn't feel as weird to just take his temperature because then you're getting two things at once, right? You get a temp check and oh, you get true. a fart and it doesn't look like you're shoving something in your kid's ass. So it's like a, there's a kind of a triple yeah. uh use there so so you those can are do it in public yeah. without fear of people thinking that you're like you know really hurting him yeah precisely i forget what the, precisely. I forget what the word is for that uh sodomizing, sodomizing. yeah i was on the tip of my tongue <laughs> just never, <laughs> <laughs> never mind not off the back of a newborn joke <laughs> okay I feel like we're killing it right now. <laughs> All right, listen. The first first things first. We have a promotion to talk about, not to either of us. Uh, do you know who Jim Lee is? I, I feel like the answer is yes. Do I know what? I'm sorry. Say that one more do, time. Do you know who Jim Lee is? I do. Yeah, excellent comic book artist. He's his work is very famous. Uh, he's got a very iconic style. He he draws superheroes like in to my 16 year old brain the way they're supposed to look. Um, and he has been at DC for the longest time. He's done a ton of the Batman Hush graphic novel. He did that. It looks fantastic. I love it to death. Anyway, he is now the president of DC, not DC Films, but was James Gunn's job and Peter Safran, but he's president of DC. So all things comic books, the medium, the actual, you know, the source material, I guess you would say. And uh, that's good for a couple of reasons. One, Gunn has talked about them uniting the brands and getting uh, working more closely with the comic book source. He recognizes that it's not just a garbage heap to rummage through to try and find new source material for blockbusters. Um, and I found out something interesting in this article. Uh, if you've taken note of DC doing things like putting relevant comic books at the end of trailers, like at the end of flash, they put the flashpoint comics up and showed you like what comics you could go look at that. That's Jim Lee's thing. Like he was in charge of, he's, he's the one who had the idea to do that kind of stuff hmm. uh, to promote the source material, get people interested in comics. And I, I want more of that. And I think that's a great idea. And, you know, there's currently rumors that the Superman legacy film, excuse me, I'm burping a lot. It's going to have a video game come out uh, roughly within the same time period of the movie, uh, which would be, uh, if it's good, great for a couple of reasons. One, there hasn't been a good Superman game. uh, Oh, that's right. Ever. And (laughs) two, uh, it it would help to tie things. It would really help to knit things together. It would help to, to show that like the vision that he has for DC is, is plausible and, and it's working. It's working to quote Anakin from episode one. Uh, <laughs> I'm full of just bullshit. It's rattles around you up here just, all day long. You just hit me with it today. Jeez. Now. So tickling if, me. what you may be asking yourself, dear listener, dear, dear viewer, I don't know how you're consuming this. Would Chris and Derek be talking about this? If it were Marvel? No, absolutely not. That's because this is my podcast and I like DC. And uh, so, we, so that's what we talk about. Uh, sorry, I said my podcast. I said it very like you can't touch it. It's it's Derek and I's podcast. No, it's his. Um, he, whenever we're off the air, he's like, don't forget who's in charge, bitch. Don't forget. He's very, I, I, uh, I give aggressive. him the eyes. You know how they look. I don't have to do it. I'm like, know. I had an idea. He's like, yeah, we're not going to do that. We're going to yeah, do what I, I want to do. <laughs> I, I did tell him that today, just today, that uh, I had the thumbnail done for whenever we watch guardians of the galaxy <laughs> volume three done you have no choice it's like, don't put don't give me input because it will be neglected entirely can uh, i say something embarrassing no, the, about the, that yeah please tell me i'm sorry you were gonna say something relevant to the source that's okay i want to hear and what then, you have to say again you're in control so why don't you go first 
<laughs> oh no. I thought Buffalo Bill was based on a real serial killer named Buffalo Bill till today. So well, so did I till just now. Oh so, okay. I guess that's a common misconception. Boom. He's just the he's just the killer from Silence of the Lambs. He's not He was never can, a real person. He's just a person in that movie. Yeah. I mean he might be like influenced by a real killer, but he yeah. himself, there was not a real guy that went by a Buffalo Bill. Can I tell you some crazy shit? Yeah. I've never seen Silence of the Lambs. I've never watched really? it. It's really? one of the greats that I've... You know how I always say that? Like, oh, I gotta watch, like, The God... Like, I have no interest in The Godfather. I just feel like I have right. to. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. That's another... <laughs> that sounds funny when I say it like that. That's yeah. another one. Well, I have interest in that one, though. And then, like, Seven. I've never seen Seven. These are all movies that are so, like, referenced culturally so much that I know everything that happens in that. I know yeah. the entire What's in the story. box? Yeah. What's in the box? Exactly. Seven is a, it's a great, that's one I did say. I love it's that. David film. Fincher. He's like one of the greatest filmmakers ever. And he's still alive making movies. Uh, and I never saw it. It's been on the list forever and I just haven't watched it. Uh, but yeah, should, never saw Silence of the Lambs. I saw the other ones too. That's the fucked up part. doesn't make any sense, but I never saw the first. Okay. I'm uh, forcing you to circle back. Your thoughts on Jim Lee, DC. That rhymes. It does. It I'm did. Fine. It be. Um, <laughs> At a time. Uh, the coolest thing about this to me, I, I'm not familiar with the comics like you are. It, it just seems that uh, James Gunn, I haven't had a lot of faith in the DC, DC acquisition like a lot of people haven't. And it seems like like what they're spelling out here is that he wants like one singular vision to permeate through like all forms of media in DC, which is cool. They go ahead and mention... Um, right in this article that like Marvel is kind of notorious for not sticking to the source material and just taking sort of like snippets here and there. Right. Um, which this is always a difficult thing to talk about because I can easily find myself on either side of the aisle where it's like, all right, I don't think that you should be chained to source material to the point right. where you're like not willing to change anything whatsoever. Right. But like the obvious thing, if you look at the past 10 years where like remakes and stuff have been very, um, uh, very popular, it's like the things that people attach to the most are things that do stay mostly faithful. Not always, right. but for the most part, that's the case. So uh, it's cool that he's kind of um, like wanting to stick to those stories that have been tried and true. And you yeah. know that people like them. Um because if it worked on the people who already like those stories, then they'll like it. And if it worked on them, yeah. it'll probably work on other people in a new medium. Um, no, I just liked it. It mentioned like wanting to have basically like a through line between movies and video games and the comic books themselves. And it'll just make, I think it'll have, give like a sense of oneness to the universe. Yeah. Whereas Marvel, it's like the movies and then there's the comics. They're like very right. separate. Um, the so comics yeah. feel very reactive to the MCU at this point too. that. It's almost like they, it, it's funny. Cause it's almost like a reverse ball and chain. Um, you know, like a fantastic four, they canceled the Fantastic Four run when Marvel didn't have the rights. And then they announced a new series when they got them back. Like they're very much like beholden to the MCU at this point yeah. because they feel like that's what people are going to see. That's the public face of Marvel. And if they can maybe get a little comics out of the side of it, then then they will. Whereas I, fe I feel like they're really, you know, obviously we have no idea. Nothing has come out of the new DCU yet, uh, but it, it does give the impression at least that the, the general onus of this whole bad boy is to kind of, you know, this is one thing. The comics fuel the movies, the movies fuel video games, the video games full, fuel the comic books, so on and so forth, and a, a nice, like, round robin. Um, you know, they, by the same token, you know, it, not only did Jim Lee start to put, like, here's the source material stuff for trailers that have come out, but, you know, Gunn being so, you know, fan forward on Twitter and literally stopping to answer questions whenever he can. When they announced the DCU stuff, he specifically hired, uh, highlighted comic books that are inspiring, inspiring the upcoming slate, like stuff like the authority and Supergirl mm -hmm. world of tomorrow. Those books immediately went on Amazon's bestseller list. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's a real, like, it's a give and take. It's not just, it's not just this thing. will do this. It really, you know, for better or worse, can spread the love around, can get people interested. And I, I could not agree with what you said more, uh, which is just that if they're beloved graphic novels, there's a reason they're beloved by readers. Uh, and that, you know, I, I also don't want them to be chained to a story, but if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know, yeah. obviously they have a little bit of high of uh, what sort I'm looking for. Um, not levity. Have, have a little bit of like, uh, 
omniprescence. I don't know. F- fucking be able to look outside of yourself and go, okay, that's that's overly silly, even for yeah comic book fans. Uh, key example: this is not anything to do with the new DCU. Watchmen. They got rid of the big alien and just made it Man- Doctor Manhattan. And there's a lot of comic book fans that were mad about that. I thought it was a great move. I dude, I was. I remember when I saw it in theaters. It's funny you bring that up because this is always the one thing I think of when I have this discussion within myself between like. Yeah. Uh, source material or uh, you know st- uh, staying strictly to it as doctrine or not and i remember i was like the fucking angry basement dweller in the theaters like oh they fucked it up and like over the years the more i think about it i'm like that is the best fucking move that they could have done with making that adapted to uh you know like a movie rather than a comic book i, I it yeah. really was genius God, that movie's so fucking good. I mean, it, it really worked so well, mostly because so many of the themes of that book are, you know, Ozzy Mandias trying to make Dr. Manhattan feel alienated more and more. And so, you know, to make him the root of problems, or at least blame him in front mm-hmm. of humanity, was such a great way to unify and make, you know, and, and kind of help push that, ostrac- uh, that ostracization. I don't even know if that's a word. I just yeah. made it up. To it ostracize him. Fuck it. Uh, Osterman. Okay. <laughs> yeah, got him. Moving on. We're going to talk about this as a main topic, and normally I would push this to the end, but I'm just going to keep all the, the weekend review stuff together. Sweet Tooth, which season two is out right now, we'll talk about episodes one and two in a minute, is was renewed for a third season already, and that third season will be its last. I don't know. If this is a budgetary thing or if they only planned for three seasons or, you know, what. But uh, it looks like, according to The Hollywood Reporter, they've already wrapped production on season three. It looks like they might have filmed it simultaneously. So there's not a release date yet, but it, they did say the final season was coming soon. So, I mean, if you like the show and you want more of it, it sounds like you might be getting more a lot sooner than the gap between season one and season two. Um mm-hmm. I'm always a fan of shows that know when to end, so I'm hoping it's yeah. that kind of a thing as opposed to, like, we're canceling you, but we'll see. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I mean, it's like I haven't even finished season two yet, so I don't know, like, how much is going to be left at the end of season two. I can't really speak to that. Right. Um, but uh, I, same. I always love a show that just goes, all right, we 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 said everything we're going to say. Let's not drag this out. Let's just end it where yeah. it can still be good. Yeah. And, and I mean, you know, we're obviously we'll talk about it more later, but even in episode two of season two seem things seem very urgent right now. Yeah. Things be happening and shit. There's a lot of like the, we don't have any time left. Like this is, you've got to do something, you know, kill those damn kids. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking animal kids. Kill them. I'm just kidding. They're so so mean to them in the show. My God, it's crazy. Like, can you imagine? Like not only animal cruelty, can you imagine being that mean to your dog? If your dog could talk to you, Like what kind of fucking what kind of monster are you? It's the only reason no. I beat my dog is because he can't talk back. Right. Beat the shit out of him. What's he gonna? Yeah. Who's he gonna tell? Nobody. That's that's can't how I get away with it. Can't if he can't talk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know. Okay. Moving on. Anyway. This is a really random one-off, but I wanted to do it to ask you. I, I didn't know Derek when Cloverfield came out. No, and not I, even close. Did, did you like that movie? I actually did. You know, what's funny is like, I don't remember a whole lot of it, but I, you know, I had a weird cult following. I was like one of those. Like I was really, and the whole slusho weird campaign going on alongside of it. Like, yeah, I was really into that. And then I totally fell. I saw the other ones. I saw Cloverfield Lane and was it like Cloverfield Paradox or something came out like a couple of years uh, ago. I don't think I saw Paradox. That was the one that was in space. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I've watched Paradox. I watched the first, the second two, like one time each. But the first one I watched a bunch, and it's weird. Like I don't really remember it at all. It was very young when it came out, and I fucking loved it. Um, and they're doing another one. <laughs> like it looks like it. Yeah, I mean, so that's, cool. <laughs> I guess. That, yeah, I mean, that's the point. So, for, by first and foremost, I thought Ten Cleverfield Lane was a fucking gem. It was great. It it was so like. What's the word I'm looking for? Like, like, uh, soft spoken. Like, it didn't. Get, you didn't know exactly what was going on, and then it was. It's kind of very, uh, you know, malicious how John Goodman's character's like personality came out, and they, you realize they're kind of trapped. And uh, well, what was interesting, if I remember it correctly, what was interesting about it is like he was 
obviously he like kidnapped her, but he truly in his head believed that he was like protecting her and like yeah. he was the thing that was stopping her from getting it, killed or whatever. That's why it was because he, did, he didn't come off as overly like just like a bat, like a villain. Yeah. Yeah. He like, thought he was doing the right thing. Yeah. yeah it was like, I'm going to, you're going to suffocate you to death with my hug, but <laughs> it's because I love you. Uh, yes. So, so you mentioned the slush show website, whether or not that was an intentional connection to this article. Good job. Uh, the slush show website is once again active after being all offline for some time. Uh, it, just to give everybody some background in 2007, before the release of the film, the original Cloverfield movie website for a fictional drink appeared and had like an interactive game. I don't remember ever fucking with it, but I remember hearing about it mm-hmm. um, And that website is live again. So whether or not, you know, it, it, there have been rumors that JJ Abrams, bad robot studios and Paramount are directly are working on a direct sequel to the original Cloverfield. And Paramount kind of has no reason not to like, I think the first one I have numbers right here. Cloverfield was a smash hit. It took in 172 million against a $25 million budget and 10 Cloverfield lane earned 108 against a 15 million budget. So like, yeah, they made fucking money yeah. and uh, there's just, you know, money talks. So we'll see. Also, they were just both good. Yeah. Well, I, I, also I remember the in the first one, there was a part where like, it was all found footage, of course. And there's a part on like a bridge. If I, again, I'm going way back where like the guy holding the camera sees another guy holding a camera and they, you know, look at each other at the same time for a second. And the big rumor back then was that the second one was supposed to be from that guy's, like uh, his oh. found footage. Um, that just like uh, is a memory that just sprouted in my head that I totally forgot was there. Yeah. Um, so I wonder if that's the direction that would go in. I know there's like no news about this whatsoever. So I'm literally just, you know, shooting the shit. That's why we have a podcast, but, um, <laughs> I'm kind of over found footage and by kind of, I mean completely over found footage. So hopefully they don't go that route. That was, that was in like the, the fucking thick of it. Too. Yeah. Yeah. That was when I don't remember how close to Blair, Witch that was, but in my head, they like came out at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably, it's probably like 10 not years true, apart, but, but yeah. So fine. Did you see, um, I actually think we probably talked about this on the show way back in the beginning. Uh, I think it's called Chronicles or something like that. Yeah, Chronicle. Uh, or Chronicle, yeah. That was the a kid, pretty fucking tight found footage movie. The kids that, was, that had superpowers. Yeah, yeah, that was that pretty was, good. Michael that was B. Josh Trank, who got the got the directing job for Fantastic Four off of the success of that film. Obviously, everyone knows that that movie was a pile of garbage, but Chronicle was great. Yeah. Uh, I th- Yeah, I thought it was really good. I'm glad you brought it up. Cloverfield came out in 2008. When did... Blair Witch was like 99, I, I, 2000. I feel like I it's, yeah, I think it's like 2000. I feel like you're right. 99. Yeah. Wow. A totally me. different millennium. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the difference, the, the age gap between those two movies is still twice as old as my son. Think about it that way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, moving on. This is kind of a bummer for people who love. I don't know, just film and TV in general. It's also a bummer for the writers because this is the second time since I've been alive that I remember mm-hmm. there's another Writers Guild strike for, you know, pay and benefits and all that stuff. And everyone deserves to fight for what the fuck they make. So good on you guys. Um, they are officially on strike since May 2nd. I'm not sure how it's going, but uh, they were... Unable to reach an agreement for money and benefits and all that good stuff. The last strike, hilariously, we're going right back to Cloverfield, was in 2007-2008. And according to this article, which is from Slash Film, its impact can still be seen in the movies and television shows that were being produced at the time. Recalling what it was like to make Quantum of Solace with only the bare bones of a script, Daniel Craig said we were fucked. Uh, There was a lot of movies and TV shows back then. That did not go through very well. Uh, Andor season two is filming right now. And you may be thinking, well, if they're filming, writing is done. That's not how it works. They will write all the way through a season mm-hmm. uh, to touch things up to, you know, to some things that might not have, might not feel right. Well, now, now that they're actually putting them, you know, pen to paper or or actors to film in this case. Uh, showrunner Tony Gilroy for that. So the scripts were locked two days before the strike began. Not because of the strike, but because of our our rhyme, uh, our thing rhymed with the strike. Um, you know, there's been 
a lot of things that will be delayed as a result. The Blade film starring Mahershala Ali, which feels like it can't catch a fucking break because it was already delayed once and now yeah. it's going to be delayed due to this writer strike. Is going to get delayed. Uh, this is going to be a big one for Derek. I know he's really upset. Cobra Kai season six is going to be. Too- I didn't even know they were doing another season. I thought the last one was the last. I thought they were only really up to like three. I didn't know there was six of them. Jesus Christ. Yeah, this one's actually a bummer. Daredevil Born Again is going to end up being delayed. Mm-hmm. Um, Daredevil Born Again is only two months into an eight month shoot, which is comprised of eighteen episodes. It's a massive season. I remember us being so excited about that because we get to go back and hang out with some of our favorite. Uh, small screen characters. We'll see. Uh, Evil season four. I don't. I've never seen that. We. I heard it was good. I think we were going to check it out at one point. I don't think mm. we ever did. A uh, bunch of different TV shows. SNL. Who gives a shit, right? Stranger. <laughs> here's the other big one. Stranger Things season five. Yeah. Um, I don't know how far into production they are, but the Duffer brothers posted on Twitter said Duffer's here. Writing does not stop when filming begins. Echoing what I said earlier. They're echoing me, just so you're all clear. They're stealing from me. Uh, while we're excited to start production with our amazing cast and crew, it is not possible during this strike. We hope a fair deal is reached soon. It's good that they're back in the writers, because uh, a lot of people get kind of anxious when the shit they like doesn't come out when they want it to. Um, yeah, and you know, just like I said, just a bunch of TV shows. I'll get to tell you a secret. Tell, hit, hit me with it. Sam and I started watching Yellow Jackets. Oh, someone was telling me about Yellow Jackets. I think Scooter was. It's very good so far. I think I've heard it was really good. I feel another like, one on here, Severance, I heard was very good. I haven't, I haven't checked it out just yet. I feel like we should add some Yellow Jackets to the docket at some point. Maybe yeah, next week. We'll, we'll do. We'll, we'll do. Is we'll the do. entire thing out? Is the entire season out? I think uh, one and two is out. Okay. Okay. Somebody or was it, me about or it. if season two's not done, I feel like it's a decent way in. So by the time you would catch up, it would right. probably be done. Right. Um, yeah, we started it and it's the kind of thing where we keep looking at each other throughout the day. We're like, I want to go watch another episode. Yeah. Can we do it right now? Can we leave Archer on the floor and let him cry and we'll just watch it? Just do it. Just put a basket um, over him or something. I don't care about the, I have to say something. I don't care about the overwhelming majority of the things that are listed here. That doesn't mean the movement's not important. Right. But I'm not like, oh, loot season two. Oh, I was right. really wait. Hacks season three. Yeah. I don't even, yeah. it's the first time I heard of a lot of these. Yeah. Um, preliminary writing on Andor is done. I don't understand what you're saying. Writing doesn't stop when shooting begins, but it looks like the, the, the meat and potatoes of it is done. So I'm happy about that. I hope it all right. goes well. I will say this Blade is going to be one of those doomed movies. It's going to be like what that, uh, what's his name? Jadorowski's Dune back in like the 70s or whatever was yeah. like hyped up to be the biggest thing in the world. It just fucking never ended up happening. I guarantee you that's what Blade is going to be. Like it's just like one bad thing after the next. The next thing that's going to happen within three months, Mahershala Ali, which by the way, listening to last week's episode when I um, said his name, I combined it into one thing. I called him Mahershali. So oh, just so everyone like knows, that. I know that there are two different, it's Mahershala and then Ali. I, I want everyone to know that I know that I just slur my speech because I'm excited to get all these thoughts out. Um, the next thing Mahershali. that's going to happen, Mahershali, uh, he's going to walk. I, I feel it in my bones. He's going to be like, you know, oh, what? Yeah. fuck this. And then it's all going to come tumbling down. Oh, tumbling down. I can't go low enough because I got a baby voice. <laughs> but yeah get writers get what you want get your get your keep the keep fighting the fight and uh and then give me my good tv back the bad tv can die stop writing that shit but the good tv come back and write that stuff (laughs) yeah only come back with the good stuff yeah like don't whoever was on book of boba fett i hope they get laid off for the rest of their career i hope (laughs) I hope it's over. <laughs> Except for the guy who decided to toss in the two episodes of Amanda. They were good. Right, right. That's true. That's a good point. Uh, yeah, okay. So, all right. Look, we're almost wrapped up already with our week interview, which is doing good. We're in a half hour. We're doing. We're cruising. The trailers are going to go by in the blink of an eye, and we spend as much time as we want on the main topics and call it a day. Uh, this is a fun one. So I think I told... I think we talked about this last episode, which is French for episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tears of the Kingdom, the new Zelda game slated to come out next week, leaked two weeks early. As you can imagine, Nintendo, the uh, Sue crazy uh, company that they are, has been very angry and looking for someone to yell at very loudly. So they decided they were going to go after Switch emulation. That's kind of a huge 
super broad umbrella to go after. And honestly, uh, I, don't, I don't know how much legal footing they have here. The tools themselves don't necessarily do any harm. There, there's one part in here that has sounds like it has any kind of merit for intellectual property claims. Uh, but honestly, like emulators in, in and of themselves do not break copyright law. You know, emulate. It's like it's like torrent programs. Uh, torrent programs in and of themselves are not stealing stuff. It's the people using them. Mm-hmm. So it's it's one of those gray areas where it's like you can't blame the tools, even though people might end up using those to steal your shit. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, I completely, please don't sue me. Advocate for people being able to emulate their shit. If you buy your stuff, if you have a valid license, there is zero opposition to people emulating it. And there's a valid point to be made, whether or not Nintendo wants to agree with it, that emulation, much like piracy for films and TV, does not take a big chunk out of their bottom line. Because if, I mean, you know, this could be debated. You could say a bunch of shithead kids who don't have jobs will just steal everything. And that's true to an extent. But me personally, if I can play a movie off of a streaming service that I pay for, I will do that. It's less hassle for me. It's going to work easier. I don't have to go find a download that I trust, uh, pull it up. E- even the Plex server uh, can sometimes be more of a pain in the ass. You ever tried casting that to a TV? It's a nightmare, yeah. at least for me. Um, so there's an argument to be made that if I'm like, if I were to torrent or pirate something, movies or games, I wasn't going to pay to see it anyway or yeah. play it. And I know that you may say, well, then good, you shouldn't be able to touch it. But I also would argue that you're probably not losing out on revenue from that person if they weren't yeah. going to do it either way. So that being said, uh, here's the gist. There's a component of the switch emulators uh, that it uses to it's called uh, lock and key. Um, and I'll explain it in a second when I find the part that I had up and then it disappeared on me. The utility uh, is called lock pick. It's been around for years. It's a big part of the Switch emulation process. It allows users to dump their console's unique encryption keys to their PC to play ROM dumps of Switch games on emulators uh, such as Rejinx or Yuzu. Yuzu is a super popular one. Um, while emulation in general is often associated with piracy, uh, that's like this application, It because it takes Nintendo's intellectual property and allows you to, to take that unique encryption key and put it on your PC to be able to play those games. That's where they are. They're arguing that they shouldn't be able to do that. They're saying the use of lockpicks uh, with a modified Nintendo switch console allows users to bypass our technological measures for video games. Uh, it bypasses the console's TPMs, uh, which is a trusted platform modules. Uh, desktop computers have those too. Sorry for getting overly uh, techno babbling on this uh, to permit unauthorized access to extraction of or decryption of cryptographic keys. Uh, basically, they're saying like this is this is encrypted for a reason. You're not supposed to be able to get this, and this tool allows you to get around that, and that's violating our, our intellectual property. I I I think they have an argument there, and uh, I don't honestly think this is going to make a bit of difference for Nintendo, because there are dozens and dozens of programs out there that do this, and it's like it's going to be like playing whack a mole. And the thing is, the frustrating thing is they have the amount of money, they have such a massive industry that they really can hurt a lot of people and they know that. And what they want to do is they want to make people, I think the only way that it works is that they actually make people scared and make examples out of people like they've done in the past a million times. But it's frustrating because, you know, this is another thing that I'm on both sides of the aisle on. I don't know how else to describe it, but like, of course, I know that piracy, it is stealing. And you're right. There's no way to prove that if I didn't have free access to something, I would have spent how much, however much it is. There's no way you can possibly prove that. In fact, it's very likely that I wouldn't have because the whole reason I'm getting it for free is because I don't want to spend that kind of money on it. Uh, on the other hand, it's like, do I think that and this is like the fucking uh, 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 topic of our generation? And that's like, is stealing ever okay? And I think, in my opinion, yeah, I think in some cases it is. Like, I think that if your fucking child is starving and it's between uh, you getting cuffs on your hands and, uh, you know, so they can have uh, a bottle of formula or something, it's okay. It's morally okay. It's not legally okay. But I wouldn't think any less of you for doing that. But there's a difference between stealing formula for your kid who's starving and stealing a video game when you have money to spend on video games. But still... It's just like if you look at Game of Thrones, uh, it, it's a matter of accessibility. 
And we've bitched about Nintendo and what their prices cost a hundred million times in the show. There's no need to retread that. But if you look at H- uh, uh, Game of Thrones when it was on HBO and before HBO Go and HBO Now and HBO Max and all these things that are streamlined easy, here's, you know, we'll take money, we'll give you these features. It was such a fucking nightmare to get set up with whatever HBO's app was called. You had to have a cable subscription first where you had and then you put a key through a thing, which then they had to verify and send you a thing for the app. It was like a a fucking nightmare. So around Game of Thrones season, I think like three or four is when it truly blew up. That's when torrents just like skyrocketed of the show. Yeah. And so the show itself blew up. And it was it's always a pain in the ass, even like if you have a trusted source to download something from uh, to pirate something from, you always feel a little like, but what if like, what if there's some other fucking rootkit in there or whatever, yeah. like bloatware or something. And so HBO recognized, I think we have something that's super popular, like immensely, ridiculously popular. And if we just make this more accessible to people, maybe they'll maybe they'll just do it the honest way. So they made it cheap. And so many people wanted it that they like made it back in dividends and the entire platform just exploded into what is now HBO Max. And it's like if you make things, if you price things fairly and you make them easy to access, people don't want to steal it. It's when you yeah. lock it behind these absurd price points uh, and especially locking it on one console that fucking sucks ass. Dude, of course, Bud I'd hole. rather play it on my PC where they already have a crack of it that's running at 60 FPS. Like, yeah. why? Why would I opt for an overpriced game from two generations ago when you're not willing to compromise on and you're not willing to compromise a dollar on games that are fucking five years old? Like, why would I want to compromise with you? It just doesn't make any sense. Of course, it's not going to go the way we want it to. They're going to sue the shit out of like everyday people. And it's their plan is to just scare people. And it'll probably work for a little while and it'll just creep back to where it is now. It's just that's I don't know. The cycle continues. Well, right. Along with what you just said about that, it, it's mostly about them trying to scare people and not doing it. Um, the, this article says, you know, the escalating threats could have a broader chilling effect and have already convinced at least one emulation team to stop their efforts. The duo behind Skyline Emulator, which is a Switch emulator for Android devices, announced that they would be shutting down development. It is, And they posted today, it's, uh, it is with great sadness we bring you this news. And they cite, Nintendo has recently issued a DMCA takedown notice against Lockpick, RCM, which will likely come into effect Monday. Lockpick is a core part of legally legally dumping keys from the Switch. They claim that it circumvents their copyright protection and therefore violates copyright. We find ourselves in a position where we are potentially violating copyrights by continuing to develop. So it's not even that they were right and that anyone awarded any kind of verdict to Nintendo. Just by the threat of doing it, people are like, we don't want any part of that. Because yeah. we don't want to get sued for a bunch of fucking money. I got to I got to tell you, it's a scummy move, clearly meant to intimidate people. And um, I'm definitely going to be emulating Tears of the Kingdom, Nintendo. I want you to know that. But I'm going to be doing it. <laughs> I'm going to be doing it legally, legally with a key that I purchased from you. I'm going to yeah. fucking pay you for it, even though I hate your platform. I hate it. I hate your platform so much. I'm still going to buy a key, and then I'm going to emulate it on my computer. And if I pay for that game then in my estimation you can't tell me where to play it and if you want to you can eat shit and please don't take all my money okay let's move on um <laughs> nah, nah, trailers trailers trailer trailer so yeah trailer Cor- correction trailer should be the title of the episode episode nine trailer parenthesis <laughs> s um oppenheimer it's the only one we got it's a fucking good one i'm gonna spoil it it's a sloppy sl- oppenheimer. Oh, that's the name of the episode <laughs> Oh, I sucked your dick and you came. How could this have happened? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it's all over. Uh, okay, dude, this uh, this trailer's fucking great. I want to. Yeah, <laughs> it was pretty good. Sloppenheimer, uh, name of the episode. I'm typing, I'm writing it so I don't forget. Sloppenheimer. We're gonna think of a thumbnail now. Um, so this, I don't want to. Re- I don't like rehashing conversations we've had obviously it's bound to happen as we revisit and revisit things before they release officially and then even after they come out some if they're good we'll reference them uh posthumously sounds like they died but you know what i mean after they release um this is an event where i'm going to bring up a conversation that you and i have had where i I feel like we both started to feel the same way about uh, his, uh, Christopher Nolan's fantasy pieces, Inception, mm-hmm. Tenant, 
uh, where we were kind of getting sick of the of the screenwriting. And then we decided to watch Dunkirk and we're like, oh, shit. OK, so if he's got like a real life historical event to to dramatize, it's probably going to be really fucking good because yeah. he's a great filmmaker. He is. I mean, you can hate on him all you want for storytelling. And believe me, I do. Uh, his movies look you look beautiful and they're well shot, you know, well framed, all that good stuff. He's got a good director of photography. He's got a good DP. Um, that being said, this trailer for Oppenheimer is really fucking good. And Cillian Murphy looks like he's doing an f- awesome fucking job in it. Yeah. And I don't, I mean, it just looks really good. I can't wait to see that. I it really can't I, wait I, to I didn't, see I don't know if I just haven't been paying attention. I had no fucking idea Matt Damon was in this movie. I had no idea that he was in it. I didn't either. Yeah. And it seems like he's not just in it. It seems like he's really in it. Like he's like a co-star in the movie. He's, he's in not a just lot like in of one this... scene. He's like in the yeah. whole trailer. Yeah. Um, no, it looks great. I don't know. Yeah. What else do you say? It's it looks like a Nolan film. The shots are all wide and in high, the highest fidelity known to man fucking kind. <laughs> the costumes are crisp. Uh, the lighting is great. It just looks good. It has a very good. Um, this It was really unsettling the way that they, they used the. Um, not Richter scale. What's the uh, what's the radiation one called? That one, whatever. Oh, I think it's a, I think it's a B. It's whatever. A, it's a Hormona scale. What uh, reads radiation? The way they use that in the soundtrack of the trailer to uh, Geiger counter. Geiger. That's it. Not a B. A G. My G. Um, B BGs. Uh, it uh, B, BGs. It. <laughs> that's the sloppy type. Yeah. <laughs> Sloppy Toppenheimer, there it is. Um, <laughs> Sloppy Toppenheimer. Oh, no, yeah. it it looks very good. I agree. Right down for again. Sloppy Toppenheimer. That's really good. I really like that. One. Uh, I gotta think of a thumbnail. Okay, yeah, no, it looks great. Uh, so yeah, Matt Damon is dude. Every time, every single time. This is not me making fun of the mentally challenged. It is me referencing Team America. Every time I hear Matt Damon's name, I want to go Matt Damon. Yeah, because of, I think it's I mean, pretty they, common. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> unfortunately for Matt Damon. But yeah, the the billing on this movie is Cillian Murphy, Emily Blunt, Matt Damon. So he's got he third billing. He's even billed above Robert Denny Jr., who I didn't know was in this Me until neither. like the last quarter of this trailer. What I like most about this is it looks like it's going to obviously um, cover the development. Of the atomic bomb, all these really interesting facts about it, like they built this whole little town, and it looks they're doing like a like an Avengers recruitment around the world of like we got to get the smartest people, we got to bring them all here. They're only going to work well if their families are there. We got to throw up this town overnight, and it's going to be the center for building an atomic fucking bomb. This is you know this is not spoilers. This is how the story happened. I don't know all the nitty gritty details, which is a why I'm so excited to see this movie, uh, and b because it looks. Like it's going to cover the buildup and then some of the aftermath and asking these really big questions that ultimately haunted Oppenheimer for the rest of his life uh, about que- questions like, did I just create a weapon that will eventually destroy humanity one day? And those are not easy things, I would think, for a man to have to grapple with. Um, I think that sometimes after I take a particularly massive shit, but, um, you know, well, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> so stupid. I started laughing before I even got the joke out. Like a fucking 12 year old who's about okay, to tell the same part joke. Weapons is what I was getting at. What, I what, the, what, I, what I liked about the trailer is that like, the, the meme of this movie has become like, um, hey, Oppenheimer, will you make us a uh, bomb that kills hundreds of thousands of peoples? Uh, okay, sure. And then he's like, oh my God, how did this happen? It's like kind of making fun of like, of course, that's what it did. You made it to do that. Um, but I think that it, this trailer was kind of his way of saying, like, look, we're going to show you the social pressures that he was feeling that made him feel like he had to make this bomb. Like, yeah, it's not like he just went like, oh, I want to kill a bunch of people. And then when he did, he was like, ah, shucks, I did it. I, I did the thing yeah. that I did. No, um, they're literally going, dude, you could end the war tomorrow. You can save yeah. millions of lives like you could, you know, and it's it's true from a certain point of view. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's yeah. also true that he could kill millions of people. Uh, yeah. Looks good. Comes out in July, July 21st, 2023. It's getting close now. Two months away. A little, 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 little over two months. But we're going to move on to main topics because despite having a short suit, we're running dangerously close, yeah. low on time. Why uh, don't we push Barry, too, till we're done? What do you think? That's you fine. You're, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. So let's do Sweet Tooth first. Episodes one and two. 
I, I actually don't have a ton to say about this, and it's not actually a, a bad thing. It, it, we talked offline, so I, I believe you feel close to the same way, but this uh, the first two episodes evoke identical feelings that I had for season one, which is that some of it's like really cheesy, and I'm like, okay, but then some of it's got, mm, man, some of it's good, some of it's really good. Uh, the moments to stand out. I know you said you love someone who stays behind to sacrifice themselves. The friend, uh, I forget her name. I want to say Judy, maybe Lisa. I don't know. I'm just guessing. Yes, dude. Yes. Uh, well, she she stays behind to give the girl a chance to escape. And she she's like opens up the door with a fucking flamethrower. And you know she's not making it out of there. And I, I was like, yeah. oh, I bet Derek is fucking jerking Oh, absolutely, dude. I was like, <laughs> I have goosebumps just thinking about that part. She opens the door with the flamethrower. Should have knocked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that line, although cheesy, came off pretty cool because she's yeah. like a she was a badass about it. Yeah. Um Yeah, it it's this interesting thing where like I feel like I know where the story's going. Like obviously Gus is the key to this. Like he's yeah. the first one. I don't know if it's gonna be like Oh, Sadie's whining. I thought it was one of the kids. I don't know if it's going to be like, you know, his birth is the reason there's a contagion, but I, I feel like it's a little odd, but like I said earlier, it feels very urgent right now. So I'm curious how the story is going to progress. Um, a standout character for me is still the doctor being forced to experiment on the kids. Yeah, dude. Uh, yeah. his, his story is really good. And He's playing that really tough area where he's being forced to do really shitty things uh, at threat of his loved one being killed. And you can tell he doesn't want to. Um, he's, try he try he's trying everything with Gus to get answers a different way. And uh, they even showed uh, some of Jeopard Big Man's backstory about why he decided to join up with the last men. I thought it's great. I like him a lot. Uh, his, yeah. you know, his, him feeling lost after he loses his wife and, and, and son and he's just looking for answers and they promise him answers and it's, it's, you know, it's, it feels like it'd be so easy in that position to, to make the same choices. Um, but yeah, how you feeling about it so far? Same. It, it's for everything that I'm like, Oh, this show's so corny. Something happens. That's really sincere that I love. And it, that was the same thing with season one. I remember, I think I watched the first episode of season one and wasn't into it. And just after I got in like two or three, like I, I just kept finding things to go like, all right, I'll watch one more. And the next thing I knew, I watched the whole season. Uh, and it's really same thing here. Um, it's, uh, I, it, it has this, um, there's this phenomenon. I don't know if this is a well-known thing. I don't know. And I, I'm pretending it's just something that's unique to me, but I noticed this thing called season two syndrome where like season one of something comes out and it's good and people like it. So then season two gets a bigger budget and everybody's like way more touched up and has like, you know, concealer on and all the lighting okay. is just much more. Everything looks like a Michael Bay movie. Good thing here was that season one had season two syndrome already right out of the gate. So there was no adjustment period. Yeah. Uh, everything was already kind of Michael Bay ish looking. Um, no, I like it. I, I think it's um, th what I like about it is that it sits in this sweet spot between like it's a kid's movie, but it's it, it's like the Goonies. Remember, you watched the Goonies when you were a kid. And if, obviously, it's a kid's movie. But every now and then they'd say the S word and there were skeletons and people yeah. died and you'd go like, oh, this isn't a little kid's movie. <laughs> this is just yeah. a kid's movie. It's in that sweet spot where it's like there's fucked up shit happening, right? Like there's kids being turned into goop and injected into people to, to uh, stave off the virus that's like killing 99% of humanity. Like it's not like it's lights material, like very heavy shit is going on. There's just a. Uh, a sense of um, you know childlike wonder behind it because of course your MC is a kid. Um, thank God they must have listened to the podcast because the fucking front porch <laughs> wisdom guy who like talks in the beginning of the end of every episode now only says like four words. He's like Gus yeah. is on his way in and like that's it. It's not like a whole fucking monologue. It's still so cringe. It makes me want to skip right past it. But um, no, it's, it's very yeah. It, it's cool. Between. I, I agree. I like Jeopard. I feel like that guy has like Keanu Reeves syndrome where he's like not a good actor, but you just like him so much that you're like, I'll pretend you're a good actor. Yeah. I just like seeing just, you. Uh, they took the first take there, didn't they? It's OK. Keep going. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll keep it rolling. No, I, I, yeah. I really like it. I, um, I, I, I look forward to the rest of it. Same. I was uh, contemplating watching more last night and decided to hold off because I, you know, we have the whole whole week or well, more than that. We don't have to finish it. But, you know, what the fuck I mean, okay, I didn't bye. watch the last two episodes of Visions, by the way. I never got to them. I watched. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I watched no most of it. Yeah. Yeah. We can talk about it holistically. Just uh, <laughs> what we've watched, what we, you know, <laughs> what we watched together. 
Uh, okay, so Star Wars Visions is the other thing we're talking about this week. Uh, another, you know, what is it, eight episodes? Is that what it is? I think eight, of, yeah. Uh, of 15 minute shorts from various animation studios. We've talked about this before. We talked about season one before. Uh, well, you know, just to get started, I, season two is incredible. Uh, it, I, I feel like season two is front loaded a little bit. Not, and I'm not saying I didn't like the episodes in the later half of the season. I'm saying I just liked the ones in the first half more for me personally. Uh, the first episode, the, the Sith episode is a banger. It's gorgeous. The art is incredible. The art really does it, but it's also a cool story. The second one, the, the the art is very cartoon. I'm forgetting the names of the the episodes. So the second one is the it's very cartoonish art style. I'm gonna actually pull up the names so people know what the fuck I'm talking about. Uh, and it's it's the it's the one that I, you and I were talking, and I was like, dude, holy shit, because this whole episode, season two. So the first one's Sith. The second one's called Screechers Reach. It's these little 15 minute wrapped up stories. The whole episode is about a young girl out on an adventure with her friends. And there's like this legendary cave that has like a ghost in it. Obviously it's Star Wars universe. We know there's something there as opposed to kids just having an active imagination, but you can, you can kind of imagine kids doing this regardless of what fantasy universe they're in. Right. Kids are always drawn to shit like that. Ghost stories around the campfire. So they go there. Lo and behold, there is some kind of, you know, what's a, a, a spirit, maybe a Sith spirit or something. And this, this, this young girl with red hair, she's got this pendant that she keeps holding for like bravery. And I, you really get the impression that she's got these noble intentions. And, and I, the fucked up part is I think she does. She thinks she's doing the right thing. The whole episode gets turned on its head when it turns out that this apparition has a lightsaber. It's a, a Sith, I guess. And she, is of the shriek language all it does is fucking scream at her she kills it to get away and when she gets out a starship lands and it's not a jedi it's a sith who was whispering shit to this little girl about go here do this be brave and i'll take you away from this planet and she ditches her fucking friends to get a better life and she's like i'm sorry and she's gonna go be a sith apprentice and i thought it was this is this is my favorite episode still i think i think this is my favorite one regardless of how cool some of the other ones get um i i fell in love with this you know some somewhat because it surprised me and somewhat because it was just an awesome little 15 minute cohesive story um i'm rambling there's a couple more episodes i want to bring up but i wanted to get your your thoughts on it overall so far no i i think it's great i liked season one too i think that season one as well i should say i think that what makes it cool is that it it uh it takes I know last time we talked about season one, I likened it to the Halo animated thing where they did the same thing. It was like 10 episodes, different studio for every episode. <clears throat> the Matrix did it. Yeah. And what is cool is that when you do something like that, you can take the bare bones of what makes Star Wars Star Wars, but then just totally reimagine it and do something unique. But it's not like you're uh, straying from the source material and creating a whole movie or a show. It's a 15 minute short. So it's OK to sort of experiment, you know, in that way. Um, yeah. That's what I think is cool about it. So season one, it was very hit or miss. This episodes were either very good or very stupid. And I think, again, I haven't watched uh, the last two of season two, but um, I think that season two has been more consistently good. Like, um, whereas there were episodes of season one that I was like, no, this isn't for me. I don't really think I felt that way about any of them so far in two. Yeah. Um, so of course, some are better than others. I really liked the first and second one as well. Um, I, uh, I think that my favorite one, it's tough. Uh, the one with the statue heads, which was animated by the same studio that did like Legend of Korra and um, The Last Airbender. Yeah. Was, was very, very good. Uh, Journey um, to the Darkhead. Journey to the Darkhead. That's it. That was um, very good. The, the My favorite, I think, was the dancer I one. I should have known you liked that one, you fucking weep. <laughs> the, uh, the, uh, uh, the, the dancer one, which was after that, I think is my favorite. Uh, there's like this rebel cell. They're like trying to trick. She, she basically gets her kid taken away from her by the empire. When it's a baby, she thinks that she has the dude who stole her kid cornered, but it turns out it's her kid. It's, it's very, I'm not going to explain the whole goddamn episode animated. So fucking beautifully scored beautifully. It was just so emotionally intense for something that was less than 20 minutes long. I was like yeah. amazed how invested I was in this story. It was just so minute. Um, yeah. 
And the, the the only other one that I really want to mention again because I haven't finished it is uh, I think it's the studio. It looks like it's the studio who does Wallace and Gromit. Uh, it was called I Am Your Mother. Yeah. And I I just liked in that one. I saw the title I Am Your Mother and I'm like, okay, well, they're doing a play on I Am Your Father, so this is going to be a heavy thing, except it's the mom instead of the dad. And it wasn't heavy. It was very yeah. lighthearted. It was still very human. It's about like, go away, mom, you're embarrassing me, and then learning to just accept each other. And, you know, uh, and in the end, she's like, uh, of course I showed up. I Am Your Mother. And it was like, not this heavy thing. It was, it totally threw me off, like, threw my expectations out the window. It was like, it was just this fun, short, sweet, lighthearted, cute, heartwarming episode i was just like i love this man like this is yeah. so I, i'm i've said this before on the show but like I, i'm i'm getting to this point now where the mainstream star wars stuff i can't help but say I, i'm losing interest in it like mandalorian we talked about last week or the week before and it's still good but it's it's it is losing my interest the the mainstream movies losing my interest i don't really stream media Mainstream, mainstream media. Uh, the, 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 <laughs> I got a gun. Losing my interest. All I want to talk about is blasters. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, the new Ray trilogy coming out. You know, I hope it's good, but I'm not excited for it. Yeah. Um, not that all the sort of like uh, headliner stuff doesn't interest me. Like Ahsoka, I'm very excited for. But now I'm realizing now, like, that, like the offshoot stuff of Star Wars. There's so many little fucking nuggets of gold in them. Yeah. And I actually think I already mourned this last episode, so I won't retread it. But it's just a shame that I I understand why people are like, nah, I'm done with Star Wars. I'm not, but I understand why people are. And right. it just sucks that I'm finding these things. And I want to be like, buddy, just watch this show. Like, you might like it like I do. You might reignite your love for <laughs> Star Wars like I have. But I know, I know they won't listen to me. And so I, I wish I could rewind time to 2021 when I was telling a, a younger Derek uh, how much I loved Rebels. And uh, he was and telling was like, me how he wasn't going to watch it. <laughs> I just can't get into it, man. I can't get into it's it. It's fucking kids, dude. Yeah. Nah, man. I'm like uh, uh, not too far into season four, but I'm, I, I'm, I want, I'm putting I can't wait to it. I can't wait for you to finish it. Um, last one I'll bring up is Into the, in, in the Stars. It's kind of sandwiched between Screech's Reach and I Am Your Mother. It's the third episode. It's about two sisters who yeah, are fighting against uh, Imperials who have uh, ruined their family. Uh, well, I was going to say family. Ruined their family and their planet. It's what the Imperials were known for. They go to a planet. They suck up all the resources. Um, and it's very, it's this very cute story of like, uh, they're, they're two kids who are the descendants of a uh, force sensitive apparent Jedi who was on the planet who dies in the struggle against the Empire and uh, it, it's it's just them trying to survive. They're trying to go in and steal water. That's all the fuck they want. They're not trying to save the planet. They want water to live. Uh, and they get, they get in, and of course the little girl is all gung-ho, and the older sister's cautious because she knows that what they lost, uh, or I should say fully comprehends what they lost in the situation they're in. And the younger one gets them into trouble, and the older one is forced to reconnect with her force powers and this one got me like like i i i didn't like not like an ugly cry but like it made me it made me tear up yeah um the sisters connecting over their refound connection i know i hate using the same word multiple times in different ways and uh, i just thought it was beautiful the the fucking little light art on the rocks i don't even know what that is but that coming back at the end and i know it was so cliche it was cathartic though and it was very juice animation again gorgeous all the yeah. episodes have very good animation styles um they all have a very unique voice there's a couple cool ones towards the end there's a, a very heavily bo uh, bollywood inspired episode called the bandits of golak uh and then two more that were okay but didn't didn't like reach out and grab me that's why i said i, I like the front end of the season more but mm -hmm. uh heavy recommend go watch them if you're even a passive star wars fan i think there's a little bit of something cool in there for everybody Definitely some cool lightsaber fights. The one you're talking about, Journey to Darkhead, has a so fantastic, yeah. fantastic lightsaber fight in it, and I think you'll enjoy it a lot. And um, with that being said, we're gonna we'll, episode ninety eight, Sloppy Toppenheimer, is wrapped <laughs> up. And uh, I just want to correct you. You called me a weeb earlier. Legend of Korra and Last yeah. Airbender. That's an American animation studio. Okay, it's it's true, but we all know that anime is not relegated <laughs> to Japan. It's coming for you. Okay. <laughs> Derek, where can it's everybody find you at? It's a uh, cupboard. It's a cupboard for you. <laughs> uh. We have fun.
<laughs> they can find me on Twitch and Twitter. I actually, when I'm done finals week, I have about two and a half weeks off of work, and I think I'm going to just use my spare time to stream. Uh, do it, do so it, do it. should be should be doing a good little chunky chunk pretty soon here. Um, I haven't been able to do it as much as I've wanted to lately, again, because of school. Um, Twitch and Twitter at Dr. Gloom MD. That's D-R-G-L-O-O-M-M-D. Where can they find you, Christophe? Uh, nowhere, because I haven't been streaming at all. But if you're curious, you can follow me at Crispy Mana, C-R-I-S-P-Y-M-A-N-A, or Mana, if you're Derek. Mm-hmm. Uh, Twitter and Twitch. Hey, Ron. There's Ron. There's Ronaldo. Hello, Ronaldo. Hi, yeah, how are right you? At right at the end. Sneaking in. Um, yeah, you can find me there. I have not been streaming. I probably will not be for a couple weeks, unless it's a rando, like, weekend stream with the boys or something. We'll see. Um, uh, you know, just until the little one's not so little anymore. Yeah. It's tough. You know, it's tough. It's tough. It's tough. It's tough out there. Yeah. All right. We'll see you guys next week. See you then. Chiefs and chief, chiefs, <laughs> Tristan. I don't know what the female version is. Chiefstress. Chiefstress. <laughs> okay. <laughs>